Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What is up, all of my beautiful freaking people? Welcome back to another episode of FML Talk. I am so excited for today's episode. Hunter McGrady is coming on to talk about all things body positivity, being a fierce freaking woman in this crazy industry, her story, her relationship, and the weird coincidence that we share in the fact that she knew Daniel. Here we go, y'all. Grab a freaking drink. Welcome to FML Talk. Oh my god. Wait, how old was the other girl? 19. Can you believe that shit? Hey, this is Gabrielle Stone. Good book. Have you gotten chapter six yet? <gasps> he did what? 48 hours? What a dick. Yeah, but have you seen all the photos on our Instagram? And this is FML Talk. Oh no, she didn't. So before we jump into today's episode and bring Miss Hunter on, who I have to tell you guys, I absolutely adore I had never spoken with her face to face although I knew about her and turns out she knew about me but we had never really connected and this podcast recording was the first time we had a face-to-face conversation and she's just so freaking lovely I, I can't wait for you guys to all meet her but before we dive into that I wanted to give everyone a quick trigger warning because this episode we are going to talk not only body positivity but body shaming and in turn I am going to share with you all something that I have never spoken about publicly. I know you guys are sitting there going, God, Gabrielle, we we literally know every facet of your life. How is there something about you that we don't know? Well, surprise, there is and there have been some things that have come up recently which is why I'm choosing to talk about it and share it now. We do get into the story with Hunter on the episode, but I felt the want and, you know, the responsibility to come on here and talk about it a little more in depth before you just (laughs) hear me drop a giant fucking bomb in the middle of the interview. Now, To give a little bit of context as to why this is all coming to light right now, um, while the majority, I would say 97% of the comments and the reviews and the things I hear about Eat, Pray, FML are amazing and positive and that people are healing from them and, you know, that's why you're all here listening to this now. There's, of course, another percentage of people 
that don't feel that way. And when I say don't feel that way, I mean violently are on the opposite end of the spectrum and, you know, don't get it, don't resonate with it, which is fine. You know, that's part of art. It's subjective and you're always going to run into that. And I stand by what I've written and what I put out there and what I preach and um, the authenticity that goes with all of that. And if people don't relate to it, that's totally fine. But recently, I had read a review, and I don't know if this is from the same person, um, but I had read a review online when I was going on to grab some data for a project that I was putting together because I'll be honest with you, I don't go on and read all the terrible reviews for obvious reasons. Um, But there was a review on there that had mentioned that I fat shame in the book. I had a visceral reaction to reading that. Normally I can like shrug it off because the people that say certain weird comments, it's like, of course, you know, Jane from Louisiana is offended by the fact that I'm like saying I love my gays. Um, are, are my gays ever offended by it or the LGBTQ community offended by it? No, nobody ever has a problem with it. But Jane from Louisiana was, was really deeply offended by it. So I had read this review and this the, really it was the sentence in the review. Um, and then I had posted a video on TikTok. It went viral. Bunch of comments start rolling in and I see this comment that comes up that says, trigger warning, this book has fat phobia in it. And I like stopped in my tracks because first of all, if you look up the definition, like the actual definition of fat phobia, it is, and I quote, I am literally reading this to you, the fear and or hatred of fat bodies perpetuates negative stereotypes that extend discrimination against the majority of bodies within the United States. This lack of representation is one of the leading factors in why bigger bodies are discriminated against. That is the definition of the word she had said in her comment that was in my book. So let me explain to you guys why I had such a reaction to this. Yes, in more than a few instances in Eat, Pray, FML, I comment on the fact that I felt fat and I felt uncomfortable in my own skin and I felt insecure and not the way I feel good in my body. By no means is that putting any shame on any type of body. I am a big believer that All bodies are fucking beautiful. All bodies are incredible and amazing in their own ways. But that has nothing to do with how me, I, Gabrielle, feel comfortable in my own skin. And you'll see when Hunter comes on, she feels her best at a certain weight, although she, you know, loves herself at no matter what weight she's at. So to give you guys a little bit of backstory, I obviously grew up in an industry where you're in front of a camera and it's instilled in you that if you don't look a certain way and fit a certain mold, you're probably not going to book as many jobs as the other girls that do look that way. Um, 
it's an it's a long undying industry standard unfortunately that we grow up in and we learn that the camera adds 10 pounds and you better look a certain way and you know you guys have heard multiple times in all the different avenues of the industry that there's a big pressure on females put on with how they look and their weight that they're at so I grew up in that not by my mother not by anyone that was close to me in my life but when I decided to become an actress that was part of the stigma that came along with it so through my teen years um, in high school I developed an eating disorder and struggled with that eating disorder for 10 plus years throughout my life. Sometimes it was really bad. Sometimes it was gone for a year. Sometimes it was gone for a couple months. But it took me a very long time to even admit, recognize, identify the fact that I had a problem and that I was struggling with an eating disorder. Um, To me, it was like, oh, well, if I'm not doing it every day or if I'm not doing it every week or if I'm not, it it must not be that serious. It's not really a thing. Um, You know, my mother knew about it. I had gotten help at one point for it with a nutritionist. Um, But I, I, I can sit here today now that I've done so much work and healed around so many different aspects of my life and tell you that I was like a fully functioning bulimic for 10 years on and off. And it took me so long to come to terms with identifying myself as that and being able to say that. It also, for me personally, was about control. So there had been so many things that had happened to me in my life um, with past experiences and past traumas that I felt like I wasn't able to control. Um, My dad's death, Jake's death, um, you know, things that you really feel like the world is is just happening to you and that you can't control. Um, So that started for me at a really early age and when the eating disorder started to manifest, I, I soon realized that it flared up and became more intense when I felt like I was out of control of a situation. So whenever I felt like I could control my eating, that meant that I could control at least something in my life. So going back to my Europe trip, I'm had just gotten through this heinous divorce um, where my ex-husband left me for this blonde Barbie that was the size of my leg, um, you know, in the in the looks and body department, and then gotten my heart broken again, as we all know, um, in such a more devastating, deep way. So I was at the most vulnerable and uncomfortable and, like, rock bottom that I had ever been in my entire life and for me when I don't feel good physically in my own skin it makes everything that I'm dealing with in life amplified in a very negative way Um, so when I went on that trip and was 
you know, eating my feelings and coping with things I was going through emotionally by eating food and drinking too much, it it affected my body physically, obviously, but I was then even more uncomfortable and more out of control on top of the insecurities that I was already dealing with through the situation at hand. So while people, of course, will look at those pictures of me and Mykonos or, you know, when I'm in Barcelona in a bikini and be like, bitch, shut up, you still have abs. Um, yeah, but it it's not about what you see and perceive on the outside. It's what a, what that person is feeling on the inside. So if I'm uncomfortable in my own skin and I've struggled with an eating disorder for years on and off, how dare someone tell me that I'm not allowed to vocalize that I don't feel good, that I feel bad about myself, that I feel insecure in my body. It it goes back to the age-old thing of you never know what someone's going through. You never know their past and their history. Um, the same way I would never look at any other body type different than my own and say you can't feel that way or you're not allowed to you know, use terms that don't seem to represent you properly, I would expect the same grace from someone looking at me in my body type and knowing, well, I don't really know her past, where she's come from, or how she's really feeling in her own skin. So Hunter and I get into this with a whole bunch of other things, and she has really great perspectives um, to offer. And I learned a lot from her because she's so active in the inclusivity and body positive movement that's going on, which I think is so fucking great and so long overdue. So I'm excited for you guys to hear all that from her. And of course, we we dish on all the other things that she brings to the table. Y'all, bear with me during this interview. We did switch our system over and we had a few technical difficulties, but the interview with Hunter was so good, I did not want to go back and recreate the magic that happened. So without further ado, FML Talk, let's welcome Miss Hunter McGrady. Miss Hunter, welcome to FML Talk. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm such a big fan of yours. So I am so excited to be here. Uh, That's really sweet. I think the world of you. I love the messages that you put out into the world and what you're doing for the empowerment of women. It's just, I just think you're a gem. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And likewise, back to you, girlfriend. It's all about us women banding together and doing powerful awesome you know things for not only for this generation but for the next to see totally totally oh i'm in such agreement with that summer is here and life is not slowing down for us anytime soon one of the things we have continuously relied on making our lives so much easier is factor meals no prep no mess no cleanup meals I have really been off the wagon with my eating since having my son, and for my health, my wellness, and my mental sanity, I have been switching my dinners to more healthy options from Factor. 
They have 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, so I never get bored. And Tay is continuously shocked every time he sits down to eat one because they are so freaking tasty. They have breakfast, lunches, dinners, and desserts. It's a treat to have restaurant-quality food that is so easy to prepare and doesn't come with the insane Postmates bill. Head to factormeals.com slash FMLtalk50 and use code FMLtalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code FMLtalk50 at factormeals.com slash FMLtalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Enjoy, FMLers. So... Before we get into all the amazingness that I know this episode is going to bring, because we have so many great topics that I want to touch on, um, I know that my listeners, my FMLers, are going to be interested in the random occurrence that um, you know my ex-husband, who we refer to as Daniel. Um, okay, I that's, love it. That's, that's his surname in, a, <laughs> in the book. Um, but it's such a random like crossover that you know him. I actually remember back when we were together, him talking about you and like how amazing you are and you're so cool and your dad and you're so hot, which of course you are. Um, and he just like thought the world of you and thought you were so awesome and was honored oh to know gosh. you. So um, can you give them a little backstory on how you even met him? Yeah. So it's so funny. So Daniel is a little bit older than me and he went to his school nearby um, and I think I was, gosh, I want to say he was maybe like a senior. We had like somehow got, you know, we had some mutual friends. Um, we had talked every once in a while. I had seen him at like some football games and we just became friends and like we talked over the years and I mean, he was always kind. However, I have to say I think differently now. <laughs> um, I don't know him now. Um, we kind of fell out of touch uh, during that time. But, I, I mean, I was much younger. This is – now I'm 27. So I this is – I mean, I would say maybe – High school. 10 years ago. High yeah. school. Like, we were young. Um, but, yeah, we would talk ever so often. I would actually, like – like at one point I was like, Oh, I kind of have a crush on him. And then I ended up having a crush on his best friend. And then oh, we ended it. up starting to talk. Oh um, my God. And then, yeah. Me and one of his really good friends ended up like kind of uh, not really dating, but just kind of talking. And then we ended up staying friends. Um, and you know, as you do with high school, you kind of like lose touch throughout the years. Um, I had a really horrible high school experience. So I like fell off the map completely and was like, I don't want to talk to anybody from my high school or yeah. anybody I ever knew. Um, and then I heard that you guys got married and it's so funny because you're okay. So for the listeners, yeah. my dad is an actor. Your mom is an actress yeah. and your mom had done so many amazing acting classes with, um, incredible people who then once she stopped doing her acting classes my dad had started acting classes and they all kind of like like Transferred in a group over. 
transferred over. Yeah. So I found out that you were, it was also weird because I was like in my dad's class, we were talking about your mom and you and uh, you married Daniel. I was like, wow, what a small, small world. Right. Yeah. Um, it just really goes to show it's like, there's always one degree of separation. So totally. I've known about you forever and ever. I love it. Um, and what was it like when you heard, I guess, when the news broke, but when you heard about our situation and what happened with, because I agree with you, when I first met him and everyone that knew him thought he was this really nice, kind, amazing guy. Yeah. Um, I, I horrified, horrified. Um, and I've seen <laughs> what he's up to now. And I'm just like, yeah. this is a completely different person. Um, like completely different yeah. and you know, to each their own, but I'm not, I just will forever stand with the woman and I'm, I'm horrified with what he did and I don't think it's right. And I mean, for me, I'm always like once a cheater, always a cheater. Right. Uh, yeah. We, uh, it was That's interesting. Just... We had, um, Jana Kramer's husband, Mike Cawson was on our last couple of episodes and he very publicly went through an infidelity situation with her. And it's really interesting to see how some people do change and do claim that, you know, they have recovered and, you know, have changed their ways. But I know a lot of women out there abide by the once a cheater, always a cheater and won't touch them with a 10 foot pole. <laughs> yeah. It's just, you know, the thing is, is it's like, that's a very cautious decision that you make. And especially when you, like, I think of marriage in such a way of like, you're creating a union. You are in this, you are fighting together. And the moment you taint a marriage, I'm like, yeah, I, I just lose respect completely. Yeah. And for me personally, it was like, there was no rebuilding once that trust had been broken. Not that I even really wanted you, to. Right. I mean, how can you without, how can you. It's, you know, I know some of my friends even who have, but still they're like, Hunter, like, I have to think about who is he texting? Why is he out? Who is he liking on Instagram? And yeah. I'm like, that's just not a way to live. It's just no, not. It's constant, uncomfortable anxiety. Like, I would never want to stay in a relationship like that. No, never. And I'm so glad you are out and you look to be so happy with your new Thank beau. Thank you. Thank you. He's pretty wonderful. And I want to talk about that later, too, because they your husband and my boyfriend have a lot of similarities too. So we're going to get into all that I later. Love it. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So let's get off of my ridiculous ex-husband and get onto your beautiful <laughs> self. You, okay. So let's like start from the beginning and tell everybody how you got into modeling and before you ended up gracing the cover of Sports Illustrated. <laughs> Yeah, so I started modeling when I was 16 years old. Um, my mom was a model. My dad's an actor. I've always been in the business in some way or another. Um, I started modeling as what we call in the industry a straight size model. And basically what that means is like the conventional model that you are used to seeing, thin, tall, um, lanky. You know, I'm six feet tall. I was about a size two, 114 pounds when I started. Oh my um, God. I'm certainly not that now. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, so I started, you know, then, and, and it was just, I was in high school at the time actually. And that's kind of when I knew Daniel during this time. Um, and I was just constantly bullied. I was constantly told I was fat, not only by people in my high school, but agencies, um, brands. I mean, 
never, never ending. So Wait, people la- in your high school told you that you were fat at 114 pounds? So much so that I actually stepped out of high school and did homeschooling from sophomore year on. Oh, my so, God. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty gnarly. So that's like – but you know what? I, I'm grateful now because it's given me everything that I needed to learn to be who I am today. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, the last straw for me, I kind of actually stopped modeling for about a year or two um, because I showed up on set one day and I was working for a t-shirt brand and they said, when I showed up, I was 16, I'm with my mom and they said, oh my gosh, we didn't realize how big you were. <gasps> and I was like, you know what? My oh. depression is at an all time high. My anxiety is at an all time high. I'm 16. I'm not even fully developed yet. Yeah, I'm dude. still a teenager um and I'm a sponge so everything that's being told to me I'm just like sucking in yeah so I took a couple years off I really worked on myself I worked on my depression my anxiety I learned on truly loving myself as I was growing I was not only growing uh mentally but physically you know I was becoming a woman I, I I was filling out in different ways I you know my boobs were getting bigger my hips were getting bigger and with that, you know, you kind of have to, I really had to learn to accept myself Yeah. and, um, kind of jumping over that period, which was super important. But then at around 19 years old, I learned about plus size modeling. Um, and I got signed with an agency being a plus size model. So it was kind of awesome to, you know, be in the body that I personally was meant to be in all while still fulfilling my dreams, you know? Right. Um, and just a couple of years later was my first, um, my first spread with Sports Illustrated. That's so incredible. And yeah. you're officially the, the, well, what they say, the largest size to grace the cover of Sports Illustrated. Yeah. So I, I'm not sure if I've still hold that title um there's been you know some other girls in there and I never want to take it away from anybody but yeah so I I I mean when I was in it in 2016 I was the second plus size model ever after Ashley Graham who was absolutely amazing yeah um and I've done it every year since which is really kind of awesome yeah I mean it's such a surreal thing that I still am like I can't believe that I'm in freaking Sports Illustrated and you've totally been able to now embrace, you know, going from what they call a straight size model, which is so strange to me, that that verbiage that they use, um, yeah. to what is now considered plus size and inspiring so many people and spreading body positivity and just really uplifting so many women in the process. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's, it is, it's a process. It's, it's certainly not linear. <laughs> yeah. You know, everyone always asks me, they're like, how are you confident? I'm like, I, you know, some days I'm not, <laughs> that's the truth. I'm human, you know, and I wake up some days and I look in the mirror and I don't love what I see, but I think that's, it's all about being authentic and being honest with yourself and accepting those days, but not living in those days. Yeah. 100%. Um, so I wanted to talk to you specifically about something before we get into all the relationship stuff, because I know you have a very fun uh, story about how you met your husband. Um, I, one of my videos that went viral on TikTok, I had some girl, I don't know who it is, but this girl commented on it and it said, trigger warning, this book contains fat phobia. And I was so 
taken back by that comment, I, you know, immediately went and like looked up the actual definition of it, um, which is, you know, basically saying that you have this irrational fear of large people, um, which is insane to me. But I do in my book talk about how I, as an individual, felt so uncomfortable in my own skin because I had just gone through this brutal divorce and I was on this Europe trip eating my face off and living my best life. And I felt so uncomfortable in my own skin. I'm sure from the outside, people were like, what do you mean, bitch? I can still see your abs. But like I, (laughs) as Gabrielle, and you know this, you know, when you grow up in an industry that's always like, well, the camera adds this and you have to be this size. And like, if you're going to book these roles, you need to look this way. I had always, you know, struggled with body image. Um, And I've never talked about this publicly, but I struggled with an eating disorder for like 10 plus years. Um, So to get a comment like that, I was so deeply upset and like triggered by that. Um, So I want to get your perspective on if it's okay as someone who's, you know, technically, yeah, I would be considered skinny, uh, you know, typical weight. Um, If it's okay for someone to voice their opinion about feeling uncomfortable at the current weight they're at. Um, without that being disrespectful towards other body types. Yeah, you know, here's the thing. We all have, you know, I, I think the term body positivity over the years has really gotten muddied because a lot of times brands are now capitalizing on it. And they're saying, you know, you can't do this, only they can do this. And the thing is, is like, we all know where we feel most comfortable, right? Like, we all know in our body where we stand, I know I'm most comfortable around a size 16, 18. I'm a size 20 right now. Mm -hmm. I'm still comfortable, but I know that I'm most comfortable around a 16, 18, but I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not like harping on it. I'm not, you know, that's just, I'm just like, whatever it is, what it is. Now, I don't personally see that as fat phobic. You weren't talking about someone else. You're not, not you know, I don't see, I, you know, I think that a, you were in a really difficult time in your life. You know, your husband just cheated on you. Any woman doesn't matter who is going to feel insecure about that. Of Mm -hmm. course that's natural. And I think that we as women really need to give other women like encouragement and say, listen, like I've been through this or I haven't been through this and I can't imagine that, or I absolutely can't imagine this. So I think we all need to give each other a little bit of grace. We're learning. And that was your truth at your, at that time. And you know, if you spoke anything besides your truth, I don't know if, you know, it would have come off as authentic and that's how you were feeling and that's okay. So, you know, never apologize for, being authentically you and telling people how you felt at that time, because I've had those times with myself as well. Doesn't mean I'm fat phobic. Doesn't mean, you know, anything other than this is how I feel. This is, I'm being honest. Yeah. And it really, thank you for that. And to me, it almost put me back into this like triggered space where, you know, I mean, I don't know if you've ever dealt with like eating issues Yes. Throughout your life. Okay. So Mm -hmm. I struggled with bulimia. um, Mm -hmm. And for me, it was triggering to the point where I went back into that, um, that space. And it was really upsetting um, that someone would view my, um, 
the way that I deal with my recovered eating disorder of like commenting on my weight and saying how uncomfortable I feel as shaming any other type of body style because that would never be a thing that I would ever want to do. Totally, totally. And I I can totally see that. Um, You know, I think the lines kind of blur. um, And I think that that's where the problem lies with a lot of people, you know. And I think that that's something where the body positive movement has kind of... um, Basically, we have to reclaim it back because it's really gotten out of hand and people are now using it. I think some people feel that way because you see fashion brands and and big names all of a sudden claiming body positivity when you go to their website and you're like, nothing here could fit me in a million years. You're using bodies that look like mine and, and trying to be representative but nothing is my size. So I think mm-hmm. that that may be where she was coming from of, you know, kind of feeling that in her own self, which, right. listen, again, if that's how she felt, I'm not discounting that either. No, um, But I not. don't see that as being fat phobic. Okay. That makes me feel better. I ha- It was a whole day. Like, I went down a rabbit hole I'm of like, sure. oh, my God. <laughs> well, you're um, human, you know. I, I think it's important also that, like, you know – we give each other and we give ourselves grace to be human. Yeah. We're going to mess up. We're going to say things we don't mean. We're going to do things we don't mean. We're not perfect. Nobody is perfect. So, you know, and the way you talk about your body, maybe in that instance, that's how you were feeling. But, like, we as women have to say, I listen, I totally back you in that, you know. Yeah. And thankfully you're out of that or maybe you're not. I don't know. But, you know, there's, there's light on the other side of feeling that way about yourself. Absolutely. And I think it's the same sense as like, you know, if you look at someone that looks happy and you're like, oh, you can't be depressed. You don't look depressed. You look happy. It's like if you look at someone who's, you know, skinny, um, you can't automatically assume that they're totally fine and comfortable in their skin and maintain their weight in a healthy way. Um, I am recovered from all of that, but it was a, you know, 10 plus period of my life that really affected me in a negative way, obviously. Yeah. Well, and it's funny that you mentioned that. I was actually on an interview earlier today and we were talking about how an eating disorder really um, manifests itself in any weight. A lot Mm -hmm. of people think it only looks in like a thinner woman. That's not the case. You know, I know like a ton of plus size women who still deal with eating disorders. And again, it's just as the kind of the way that the media has brainwashed us to believe like, oh, that skinny girl, she, she must only be skinny because of X, Y, Z. And this fat girl must only be fat because of X, Y, Z. And there's no health there. And there's so much that's being shoved down our throats and brainwashing us to really have these bias of people. Yeah. And it's wrong. 100%. I'm so in agreement with you. Okay. We're going <laughs> to sh- shift gears a little bit. Um, before we get into your happy, lovely marriage now, um, how was dating before you met your husband? Were there any relationships you had that really defined or instilled some beliefs in you that you had to kind of like navigate once you decided to get married? Yes. So I've had, it's funny, like everyone's always like, what's your type? I'm like, I mean, if you looked at my dating record, you would see across the board, they're all different. Um, And that was something that I was really, I really wanted. I wanted to try different guys. I wanted to try guys with different jobs and heights and attributes and, and qualities. And 
Um, the biggest one, the biggest learning lesson was probably the guy before my husband. Um, he was someone I would totally not go for and someone he had all the red flags and I was so blinded by it. Yep. I was so blinded by the love and, or what I thought was love. Um, and that I always think, you know, I always tell women, look back on your relationships and really look for those red flags. Like, you know, before you get married, like look at these things that you thought you loved and then you really realize like, oh, this is not okay. This is toxic. This is abusive, you know? Um, and I think that was probably my relationship before. I mean, he was completely different than my husband, literally like tatted head to toe, Oh my like God. literally head face, head to toe. Oh wow. Um, <sighs> my husband now is very clean cut, like glasses, <laughs> like <laughs> he works in pharmaceutical. Um, but yeah, I, I had a lot of red flags and I realized then I was like, you know what? I made my mind up. I know exactly what I want. Um, and it's certainly not this. Yeah. Um, okay. And so now you meet your husband. Tell me that story because I know it's um, quite, quite the story, but actually it was written about in New York Times. Yes. The New York Times was at our wedding, um, which was so wild. Like we literally <laughs> walked down the aisle and the New York Times was like, You're like so hey, how do you feel? I'm like, well, I don't know. I literally just got married. <laughs> Yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh. Um, so yeah, I met my husband on Snapchat and the way this happened is quite funny. So he, um, he's divorced. He has a daughter who is 10. So my stepdaughter, um, he was kind of just getting back into the dating game. He had a girlfriend for a little bit and then kind of just wanted to date a little bit. So he was on a date with one of, with this lovely girl who we'll get into in a moment. Um, mm -hmm. And I guess they were talking. I, I don't know if the date was going well or not going well, but she basically asked him, like, what's your type? Um, and he was, like, tall, blonde, curvy, Philly. And she was like, oh, you should follow Hunter McGrady on Snapchat. My husband, who's, I mean, he's 17 years older than me. He's like, I don't even have social media. Like, yeah. what is Snapchat? What is a Snapchat? <laughs> so she yeah, exactly. He was like, I don't even know. So... Um, he downloaded it on the date and she added me, I guess, for him or something of the sort. And he had followed me on my Snapchat for like three months. I was living in LA at the time. I'm born and raised in Los and a little bit outside of Los Angeles. Um, and I was going to New York for work for modeling gigs and he would, you know, follow me and so on and so forth. So one Friday I was like, Hey, you know, does anyone know anything great to do around Manhattan? yada, yada, yada. He replied to me something really funny and I wish I knew what it was, but it was enough to make me reply back to him. Mm -hmm. Um, and he was like, let's go get drinks. Like, let's hang out. And I was like, you know what? I have nothing to lose. I'm 20. <sighs> I just turned 23. I'm like, okay, whatever. Like I'm newly out of a relationship. I'll have some fun. So I go and I meet him and I literally walked in the, the place that we were meeting at and I looked at him. He was looking to the side and I was like, oh my God, this is my husband. Like I just knew right Stop. away. Like it hit me like a ton of bricks. I was like, this is my husband. I can't believe I'm about to say hello to my husband. I started dripping with sweat profusely. Oh my and the God. first thing I said to him was, I'm sweating. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> 
yeah, I'm like, oh my god, I'm sweating so bad. Like, I'm so sorry. Um, it was so wild. But let me tell you, the girl who he was on a date with, I have been telling this story for years, right? The girl who he was on a date with who recommended to follow me only maybe four months ago reached out to me on Instagram and was like, hey, I'm the girl. Her Shut name's Raya. Up. And we're like friends now. And I, I'm like going to take her to dinner. We like talk all the time on Instagram. I'm like, girl, I freaking owe you a bottle of champagne. Oh my God. I fucking love that. <laughs> w- women for the win on that one. Yes! It's so good to hear a good story like that. That's I know. wild. I know. I love her. She's, oh my God. She's beautiful. She's amazing. I'm like, girl, oh, God bless. <laughs> oh my God. I freaking love that. Okay. So you walk into the restaurant you're like holy shit this is my husband um and the date i'm assuming goes flawlessly and wonderfully oh we you don't even remember you blacked out <laughs> i literally blacked out yeah we like all i know is like we shut down the restaurant um i will say though he had his two best friends come and say hello and i thought I was like, oh my God, he isn't like, he's not into me. Like he's using his friends to like escape and whatever. Um, But he wasn't. We all just like had a really fun time. I took him back to my place and (laughs) literally Ah! threw the net. Yes. And everyone's always like, don't have sex on the first date. I'm always like, listen, do whatever feels right. Yeah. Um, So I took him back, you know, to where I was. And during, while we were sleeping, he had planned our second date on, it was a Saturday, and he, we woke up and he was like, by the way, like, you're with me today, and we're going to oh go on God. a champagne cruise around Manhattan. Stop. Swoon. I was like, You're like, done. you had me at yeah, the first time, but now it's like, sign, seal, delivered. <laughs> yeah, sign, seal, delivered. I moved out to New York three months later. <laughs> oh my God, I love it. Okay, so you moved to yeah. New York, and then how, when did he propose? He proposed one year later. So I was in, I like moved to New York for my career. All of his friends were like, dude, yeah, I'm so sure she's moving for her career. I mean, uh, it was like 50% <laughs> my career and like 50% him. Yeah. Um, I was living in Manhattan. He was in Brooklyn. Um, and yeah, I, he proposed a year, maybe in like a year and a half later. And we'll be together five years in March. Oh my God. I love that. So cute. So okay, awesome. and he he's 17 years older than you. Yes, he is. So I'm okay, 27, so, he's 44. Okay, so my current boyfriend, um, Tay, is 46 right now, and I'm 32. So we're, uh, depending on, like, the time of year, we're 15 years apart. Okay, amazing. I love that. Don't you think it makes such a big difference? Yeah, hugely. And I literally, so I usually never dated guys that were younger than me. And Daniel was a year younger than me. And I joke all the time that after my divorce, I went the opposite way in extreme. So the guy (laughs) I was with after Daniel, Javier, was uh, seven years older than me. And then Tay is now 15. I was just like, nope, nope, keep going, keep going. (laughs) Yeah, you're like, higher, higher. Well, it's so funny because I truly believe men mature up much later than women. So like, you know, a 31-year-old man is a... 18 year old man let's yes. be honest yes. like you know so I always like tell my friends I'm like listen date older if you can you know if you want to but um I love it and do you want to have kids yes oh yeah for sure so we have um Sadie who is our stepdaughter my stepdaughter his daughter yeah. um and then we will want our own as well 
do you ever, and I'm asking because I have this, maybe it's an irrational fear because I lost my dad when he was 56. Um, yeah. But I always feel this like pressure because I eventually want kids, but I'm not ready for them right now. Um, yeah. But I'm like, well, shit, you know, Tay is 46 now in two or three years. You know, do we really want to have a newborn when he's 50? Um, yeah, so do you feel that pressure time-wise? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I do and I don't. I do because I know that, like, age is such a, like, you're ticking, right? Like, it's time. You, when you're 44, you're 45 or 46, you're closer to 50 than you are you're 40. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and you're kind of getting up there. However, because Brian is the way that he is, he is so healthy and young like he sometimes i i feel the one that's 44 and he's 27 i'm like i don't (laughs) know where you get this from but like oh my god he's so young and so vivacious and vibrant that like it actually just kind of cancels out any fear or anything um i mean my mom had my uh young my brother at 41 oh nice yeah my mom had me at 40 yeah yeah so you know i think I think especially like someone like you who, you know, has lost your dad at such a young, you know, he was 56. That's very, very young. Yeah. I would probably feel the same way. Um, I don't currently feel that way though. That's great. I, I, my mom, whenever I talk to her about it, she's like, Gabrielle, you could step out and get hit by a bus at 35. Like shut up, just live your life. (laughs) Yeah. It's so true though, you know, and that's, that's kind of the approach I take with anything. It's like, you could literally step out your front door. You could, anything could happen at any time. You're just laying in bed. So, you know, you just got to do what you, you know, go with it and and ride the wave. Totally. And how old did you say your stepdaughter is? 10? 10. Yeah. Okay. So Tay has an eight year old little girl. I'm telling you, like we have weirdly similar, similar lives right now. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So how, how was adjusting to that for you? Um, so it was interesting. Our situation was different because we bought a house together in the middle of the pandemic, like yeah. last May or April. Um, so yeah. I went from having my own cute little bungalow apartment by myself to living in a house with my significant other and an at the time seven-year-old. So right. who's not, you know, she didn't have school. She didn't have soccer. She wasn't going to acting. Yeah. It was like, gnarly like culture shock yeah it's like by the way like here you are here's your new family yeah yeah it was like going from one extreme to another um so that was an adjustment for sure um especially on top of the fact that I feel like every kid was hating life at the beginning of the pandemic so nobody wanted to be on zoom everybody hated schoolwork like it was just miserable um in that respect but her mom actually got a teaching job in Hawaii so a couple months ago, they ended up moving to Hawaii and, um, wow. she, you know, comes back, she's come, she came back for Christmas. Um, and Tay has gone out there for like a month. Um, and he's trying to figure out when he can go again, being like as safe as possible, but he's got to see his right. kid. Um, but they've been really happy and thriving over there because it's not like LA as you yeah. know, lockdown wise. Um, right. but it's definitely a, it's a huge adjustment to step into that role of like, okay, this little girl looks at me like her best friend um, and I'm supposed to be the party person, but I still have to implement the rules that I want to like be abided by in my house. So did you have a struggle kind of adjusting to that and like finding your place with her or has everything been pretty easy? You know, I feel very, very, very blessed with, with, 
the the one I was handed. Um, yeah. She is so respectful and so I mean it's just such a testament to how uh, both her parents have has raised her, mm-hmm. you know, which I so appreciate. Um, I was a nanny for many many years, so I love 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 kids. Oh, nice. I love all of that. Um, you know, I come from a house where I have a stepmom as well. And so I always approached it as I am not here to be another mom. I'm right. here to be your confidant. I am here to be a, a very close friend and ear to you. Um, I respect you. You respect me. Boom. You know, and I think that that's what made it so easy. Um, of course, it's it's a whole new life when you're coming in and there's a child involved. You also have to deal with you know, custody, you have to deal with, uh, the other parent, you have mm-hmm. to deal with their other family and, and all that, you know, it, it de- you definitely lose some of the ease of, you know, for us, even like traveling, things like that. Yeah. Um, but then you get to see life through like this little person's eyes and you get to experience things. I mean, I've known her since she was five and, um, it all makes it worth it. So, yeah. I, I feel very, very lucky. I, I have some friends who are just like, Hunter, oh, I'm, too. yeah, who are just like, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, God, I thank God every day that she is the way that she is. Yeah. Um, do they split custody 50-50? Uh, 70-30. Okay. Um, yeah, so. And how do you get along with her mom? Um, It's gotten a, a lot better. I mean, for the most part, it was really kind of just linear kind of like pickup, not a ton of, um, conversation, just Mm -hmm. kind of, you know, keeping things with her and, and my husband, they only communicate. And now over the years, I think as, um, my stepdaughter's gotten older, it's now become more of like, we go over sometimes having a little party. Yeah. So, and I, you know what, I think that that's so important for the kids to mm-hmm. see. Yeah. I just think that it's really nice. It's, it's, I know for me, anytime my, my mom and my dad were in the same room, I was really happy and they were happy. I was really, really happy. So, um, I always think of that and kind of pull from my own experiences too. Yeah, for sure. I, I had a stepdad growing up after my dad passed and he's very much so still my dad. Um, yeah. and he was always really good at like being in that role for me. I mean, obviously it was different because he didn't have another person that he was competing with. Um, but I, I totally agree with you with, um, Tay's ex-wife. Um, I feel really lucky because I've seen firsthand with other people and their dynamics, how toxic and terrible it can be. Um, and while it's not easy and butterflies and rainbows a hundred percent of the time, um, she's very cool. Like she is someone that I can sit down and hang out with and we can laugh and, um, totally. And I, I really, when Tay and I started dating, I felt this kind of responsibility to show her that I was capable of being a good role model. Um, because I had just gone, not just, but I had gone through a situation where Daniel left me for not left me, but cheated on me with a 19 year old. And, Now, her perspective was of this, at the time, 29-year-old coming into her life who's much younger than than she is. um, Right. And respecting that dynamic of, you know, that it's a little bit of a panic for her because that's her kid. Right. Totally. Totally. And I felt the same same exact way. You know, especially I was so young. I mean, I 
came in the picture at 23 years old. Can you imagine? Yeah. Like, I was always 23 going on 43, but she didn't know that. Same. Yeah. You know, They just yeah. know the, the number of the age. Yeah, and you go, oh, my God, this is a kid, you know, and, and, and I don't blame her. I would feel the same way. Yeah, totally. It's weird how many, like, parallels we have in our lives right now. I know. <laughs> I know. I mean, our parents are both actors. I know. Our husband's age. They both have – it's just like, <laughs> wild. I love it. Um, funny. So before we wrap up, tell me about your clothing brand that you launched. Yeah, so I launched a clothing brand called All Worthy with QVC. Um, it is size inclusive, so we offer sizes extra, extra small to 5X, size double zero to 36, and That's three amazing. lengths. So petite, regular, and tall lengths, and all of our pants, jumpsuits, sweatpants, jeans, everything. Um, I have always wanted to do a clothing line, and I've had many brands reach out to me and, and kind of want to start something with me and, and be the house uh, for this clothing line, but they never quite gave me the um, size range that I wanted. Like I can't, with a good conscience, sit here and use my whole platform about inclusivity and right. be like, by the way, like I'm only representing this many people. Um, so none of them would give me my size range that I wanted until I met with QVC and they said, you know what? we'll do it. And I was the first one to bring this expansive of a size range to QVC, um, which was incredible. And, um, it's been really awesome. I mean, we launched during the pandemic, which was like wild. Like, yeah. you know, you never prepare for these things, but it's been really, really awesome. And the response has been overwhelming and, um, I love it so much. You're like trailblazing the way for so many people. It's like really incredible. And you're 27, girl. Like, thank come on. you. <laughs> you're the sweetest. Thank you so Unreal. much. That means the world to me, you know. And and likewise to you, you know. It's it's. I always say, like I always tell women, we have to encourage one another. We have to lift each like lift each other up because we already have so many cards stacked against us in this world, mm-hmm. and. If we're not for each other, who's going to be for us, right? And I just, yeah, I love what you're doing too. And I think it's so important. And I think that you took a shitty situation and made it positive and made it um, work in your favor. And I just really applaud that. Thank you, girl. I so appreciate that. I just adore you and think the world of you. Tell everybody where they can find you on uh, social media. Yes, you can follow me at Hunter McGrady across the board. Instagram. Twitter, Facebook, all the things. <laughs> all the things. And where is your um, amazing clothing line? Um, QVC.com and it's called All Worthy. I love it. Thank you so much for coming on, girl. I just adore you and thank you for, uh, for opening up with me on FML Talk. Oh, thank you for having me. I want to thank Hunter so much for coming on and being just such a light and open and lovely. Um, I really am such a fan of hers after being able to talk to her so I hope you guys go check out her page follow her and uh, get some of that light in your own lives I also want to thank all of my FMLers for your continued support and love I so feel it and I am so grateful to have you guys here and just thank you for you know yet again supporting me through another avenue in my life that I am hoping will help some people and allow people to, you know, 
really come to terms if they're dealing with something along these lines or have dealt with it in the past. Um, I share I share all of these deeply personal things about myself in the hopes that it can help other people heal and help change the course of someone else's life. So thank you for, you know, allowing me to have this platform to share that with you and be open and honest because I know that the people in this community that are listening to this show are going to meet it with love and respect and I am so thankful for that. Next week, you guys, FML Talk is going to be bringing on another male. I'm so excited. Josh Terry from the infamous podcast, Politics, Religion, and Whiskey, which don't worry, those are all the things he got fired for and not with the actual podcast surrounds, is going to be coming on FML Talk to talk about all of his crazy shitstorm relationship stories, and it's going to be a good one. We recommend you bring a glass of whiskey too. As always, make sure you guys are subscribed so you never miss an episode. Keep up with us on Instagram at FML Talk Podcast. You still have two more days to get your posts up and submit for the giveaway that we've got going on. Remember, you just need to post a picture in your merch feeling like an empowered badass. Tag your girlfriends who are your tribe and support system. Hashtag it with FML Talk Boss Babes and tag my page and the podcast. It has been fucking awesome seeing all of you guys rocking this new merch line. If you have not gotten your stuff, you can get it on the website where you can also get signed copies of Eat, Pray, FML. And you can find all of that at eatprayfml.com. Until next time, my FMLers, I love y'all. Cheers. Welcome to As a Woman, Fertility Hormones and Beyond. I'm your host, Dr. Natalie Crawford, and I am a fertility physician and co-founder of Fora Fertility in Austin, Texas. We will talk about a wide range of topics, including the menstrual cycle, your hormones, infertility, IVF, mental health, and well, beyond. So join us and become part of the community of collaboration that amplifies others as a woman. This podcast has been brought to you by Podcast Nation.